0: Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 82. In today's episode, I'm joined by my friend, email marketing strategist, Chris Daria. This episode is an absolute goldmine of information and actionable takeaways when it comes to email marketing and planning for Q4. But a couple of quick things before we jump in. First, if you struggle with figuring out what to say in your marketing, I have an awesome free resource for you. This workbook will help you come up with a lot of content ideas your audience will love. To download it for free, head to makinggoodpodcast.com slash content. Second, I want to invite you to join other values-driven small business owners for inspiration, accountability, and lots of business and marketing strategy. Join the free Facebook community for this podcast, the Good Business Community. The link will be in the show notes, or you can head to makinggoodpodcast.com slash community to be redirected. Finally, if you enjoy this podcast, there are a few ways that you can help to spread the love. First, I would be so honored if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher to help others find this podcast. And second, take a screenshot while you're listening and tag me on Instagram at Lauren Tilden. That's L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-L-D-E-N. I I would so love to connect with you and cheer you on. Okay, so let's talk about today's episode. My guest today is Chris Daria, an email marketing strategist who helps e-commerce, beauty, and wellness brands grow their online stores with automated email marketing. After spending over 10 years working with multi-million dollar e-commerce brands, Chris has become a pro at automating her clients' email marketing in a day so they can save time and bring in more sales on autopilot without lifting a finger. Her focus is on helping purpose-driven entrepreneurs build impactful and automated email systems while giving them the tools to operate with more clarity, ease, and flow. In this episode, which is amazing, we discussed... Why it's important not to depend on social media, where to start when it comes to email marketing, the difference between scheduled and automated emails, the email automations every e-commerce brand should think about implementing, how to make an email marketing plan, how to plan for Q4, Apple's iOS 14 update and how that affects email marketing data, the importance of creating accessible content, and much more. The timing of this episode is really interesting because this episode comes out on October 5th, just one day after a massive Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp outage that left us unable to connect on Instagram or Facebook for much of the day. There couldn't be a more important reminder of the importance of building your email list, and this episode will show you exactly how to make that happen. Okay, let's get into our conversation.
1: Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Lauren. Thank you. So happy to be here. <laughs> I am so
0: excited to have you on the show. Um, Chris and I met on Clubhouse and we were just chatting, like kind of immediately connected over our love of marketing and email in specific. And I just the first time I heard Chris talk about email, I was so blown away by just like how actionable and valuable everything she had to share was. It's just like, Everyone get your notes ready, get your pen and paper ready, because she just is going to I know this is just going to be so full of, of things you can just take right now and go put into practice. So, Chris, now that I've hyped you up, I would love for you to introduce yourself um, and share a little bit of your story of how you got to um, run your own business focusing on email marketing.
1: Yeah, sure. So i I've been working in like the digital marketing e commerce space for, for for almost ten years now. And um, before working as a consultant, I I had a position at a um, at a big corporate company um, where a big part of my role was to kind of. Um be more um, like the head of the brand and design the customer journey so I was basically the the e-commerce brand manager and I was overseeing the online operations and the offline marketing operations so in that role I had you know I learned a lot about building a business online and offline but really one of the easiest and most profitable revenue channels for us was our email marketing it was generating you know Twenty-five to thirty percent of our sales were generated by email alone. <laughs> so um, we, like for us, it was like because we didn't have to pay Facebook or another media agency to reach our customers. We were dealing with email internally; it wasn't you know outsourced to anyone. Um, it wasn't really to be low cost way for us to reach our buyers, and we can see the performance. We can measure it, and it was one of our highest converting channels. So for us, email was a super key uh, thing for us to have. And when I started taking on clients and working with smaller businesses, the one when another thing that stood out to me was the fact that um, they were there was a great need of need of for more education and more help around email marketing. Um, there was most brands, you know, most small brands when they start out, the the, the immediate easiest thing you know is to start with social media because it's easily accessible and. Um, the, the only thing I saw about that is that they were only focusing on social media to grow their audience and they were not sending the, the clients I was working with. They were not dabbling in email at all. And, um, for me, that was a bit problematic because, you know, with Instagram and Facebook, it's, you know, you're always at the, at the, you're always depending on how, I mean, how the algorithm is going to show your content. You don't know, um, you don't know if one day, and it happened before that, you know, Facebook and, Instagram might you know, disable your page and then suddenly you have no connection with your followers. So like, that's why it's important for me to teach my clients how to build and monetize your email list. And so that's what I started doing um, since uh, I would say over a year and a half now. <laughs> um, and um, what, I, what I focus mainly on with my clients is really email automation. So automated sequences or flows. Um, those are the many ways you can call email automated email marketing. Um, because most of my audience, they're, they're busy mom entrepreneurs, (laughs) so they have to, they have to, to, to balance it all, you know, all the things in their mom life and their business. And so for me, it's, it's really important. I really believe in, in, um, in helping women just make more money, make more sales by working less and having less stress in their business. And if I can help with email automations to make their lives easier so that they can, Make more money and sales while we sleep. I'm really all for it. So, so yeah, that's me in a nutshell on how I got started with email marketing.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I love that you kind of make the connection between the the results that email can generate and the kind of like lifestyle implications of that. If you're not having to, you know, spend all your day on social media to make the same sale that or the same sales, let's say that one email could send automated, you know, that frees up a lot of time. So is there anything else you want to say on the question of like, why is email an important part of any business owner's marketing toolkit?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, I think when you look at your website conversion rate on a good day, and I always say this example, because on a good day, your website conversion rate is maybe what, like 3% on a really good day, like maybe 5% so but like when you look at that conversely it means that 95 at least 95% of the people who come to your website are going to leave. And so if a person visits your website, they look at products, they don't add it to their cart and they don't buy and they leave, what do you do next? Right? Um there's no way for you to communicate and get them back unless you know you try to catch them on Instagram again, right? So it's important to capture the person's email address so that you could continue that conversation, continue that building that relationship after they leave your website. Um, And I I feel like email... To that point... So email, I feel like it's not just for selling. I know a lot of people, they don't want to send email because they don't want to feel spammy. They don't want to bother people. But... In reality, if you use email the right way, it's a really I see it as a really foundational tool to build that close bond with your customers. And that and like sending out emails, showing up consistently in the inbox is a really good way to build trust with your brand as a small business. And when I started working with small business clients, they would maybe just send like one email a month or they didn't have any automations in place. They were really just like Spending all their time on social media, you know, you know how that can get overwhelming, right? You know, so I see social media as like the big, you know, party outside, and your email inbox is like this cozy living room where you can have a nice chat. <laughs> so look at your I inbox that. that way, where you can have like that one-on-one conversation with your buyer, um, with your customer. And I feel like when you treat the when you're like, I had a client, okay, who was let me give you a complete example. So I had a client who was. Um, This was at the beginning of the pandemic, right? So I started working with her when things were, you know, going on lockdown and the whole world was going crazy. And she was selling skincare products that were mainly sold offline. So they were sold in only retailers and only. um, She had a physical location where she was giving skincare treatments, but only like five percent of her sales were done through her online store, through her e-commerce storefront. And um, she she had a large number of followers on Instagram and she had a big social following for her brand, but it was taking a lot of her time. You know, she just had like a six month old kid and she was like a six month old baby. And it wasn't, it, she wasn't seeing the effort to put that she was putting online on her social presence wasn't converting into sales for her online store. And when everything kind of, you know, um, went crazy, she had to learn to pivot online. And so now when I, and when I started working with her, we implemented the email campaign. She had a really good, um, follower, uh, follower base. We just tried to get them onto their, joined her email list and we implemented basic email automations. And now, um, now that she's a hundred percent online, like all her sales come from her online store out of that. Now there's around 30% of her sales coming just from her emails alone. So um, it's not just for selling. It's also for email, like for building that relationship with the customers. What I want to say. Um, I really like that. You
0: said that you think of social media as the big party outside and then your email inbox as like the cozy living room sort of intimate setting. I think so much of approaching email marketing has to do with kind of reframing what email is all about. And if you can really get yourself in this headspace of like, how can I give people an experience that is like, they're in this cozy living room party instead of just being shouted at in this huge, I don't know, warehouse party outside with thousands (laughs) of people, um, Mm -hmm. It really is all about the mindset that you apply to it, right? If I am sitting down to write an email and in my head, I'm imagining this being like a big email blast to thousands of people, the kind of email I'm going to put together is so different from then if I sat down and I was imagining Chris sitting on my email list getting it. And I literally wrote it to Chris because let's say she was my ideal customer I know her. I'm like, you know, want to write something that she's going to just be delighted to get in her inbox. So um, I just love that you made that point so strongly that so much of this is really the intention that you apply toward this platform. It is not, I don't know, email just, I think people, they think of all the spam emails they get and they think that's email marketing and it just isn't.
1: Yeah, and th- that's the that's the thing. What you said is so true. And our, our a lot of our perception around email marketing is what we see coming in our inbox from bigger brands. And a lot of our like a lot of I know your audience is fired to become like those bigger brands, right? But the reality is, as a small business, the way that you stand out from the from the competition, from other people, other brands in your in your space is to is to really align with your customers' values. And the best way to do that is to just speak to them from email marketing. I mean, there's other ways to do that too, but I feel like email is a way for you to, um, to, to approach it in a different way in a more one, one on one way. Um, you can literally personalize your email like, hi, Lauren, this is what happened with me and my family this weekend. If you're like, you know, if you're a skincare brand, you can say we spent all day in the sun and I just wanted to share five tips to, um, protect your, help protect your skin from the sun. Hope this was helpful. Have a great weekend. You know, like it could be as simple as that. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. you know, link to a blog with your five tips. It doesn't... Imagine having someone send that to you versus just like a Zara email you get with like 10 pictures of like the latest tops and buy now. Like that's not personal at all. I don't Mm -hmm. believe in email marketing. I don't see email marketing in that way. So that's how I teach my clients to, to approach their list when they send out emails is to write their email as if they're writing to their BFF. (laughs) <laughs> to their bestie and cool. one way that you can do this more easily if you really hate writing or typing it out you can use an app on your phone to dictate um what you're like talk to your phone write out your email as if you were talking to your friend like i mean say your email as if you're talking to a friend and have your phone transcribe it and then just edit it and use that as an email mm,
0: that's such a great tip for people who have that kind of like blank page feeling when they sit down to write an email and they just, I don't know, they can't figure out how to do it. Dictate it to your phone as the way, the exact way that you speak and pretend that you're talking to a friend. And that's going to generate something so much more personal and easy to connect with than, you know, the, the sort of like blast email mentality that a lot of us have. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk to the people who Maybe you're realizing that email marketing is something worth doing, but they really don't know where to start. Um, so this is someone who let's just paint the picture for you so that we can talk directly to that person. Let's say I make greeting cards and I have, um, you know, I have my handmade business. I'm pretty active on social media or at least kind of know how to approach social media when it comes to marketing my business. And I'm starting to realize that email is something that is worth my time, but I really don't know where to start. How would you guide someone to kind of get the basics set up?
1: Yeah, I actually worked with a client like that. So she, she, she was an artist and she was selling, you know, painted um, goods and like cards and stuff. So I have a good example for that. So what we did is we started, I would recommend you start um, capturing emails on your website So you can do this through a landing page on your website with a sign-up form. Um, You can do this through a pop-up or a fly-out. In Flavio, you have pop-ups that would just like appear on your screen. And you had a fly-out form that would just like slide into your screen. So you can test those out. There's different ways um, that you can set up forms on your website to capture your emails. But at least have a way for you to... Um, direct people to a page on your website so they can sign up to your newsletter list. A lot of the brands that I start working with, they don't even have that form on their website. So, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about more than just like the footer uh, at the bottom of your Shopify website <laughs> where they capture your emails. I'm talking about like yourbrandcom newsletter sign up, you know, like a, a page dedicated for signing up to newsletters and um that way you can and the way you need to do that is to start by offering um what in the industry we call a lead magnet or a freebie um for typical e-commerce brands you can do uh, an offer of like free shipping or 10 percent off you can test that out if you want to whatever works for your brand but for this specific um brand that i was working with she was an artist and one thing she started doing was offering Free virtual Zoom backgrounds as a lead magnet, and so people would opt in just to get the Zoom background, and she would give her give people the download of a version of her art um, in the form that you would put it on Zoom in your background. So that was pretty cool. Um, And other ideas that you can have for your opt in that are outside percentage or discounts is if you're like uh, if you're um, if you're a candle brand and you're all about you know cozy, being like mindful you can do like a seven day meditation challenge where every day you opt in and then every day they deliver an affirmation or a different meditation to practice for five minutes a day. Um, If you sell uh, like health products or supplements, maybe you can do like a seven day video guide or where you show them how to do healthy recipes every day or a healthy juice challenge every, every day, you know, Um, you can also do like free trials, like free, trial kits or samples that could work too, depending on what you have in stock. So there's different ways you can test out to start capturing emails on your website. That's basic. Because if you don't have emails in a list, then you can't send out emails. (laughs) Um, And then I would say you need to set up email automations uh, to uh, basically once that person signs up to your list, have a welcome sequence, a welcome flow that sends a couple of emails welcoming the subscriber and nurturing them to and introducing them to your brand. You know, send one email that talks about how you got started, what inspired you to start your business. Um, you can send another email that talks about, um, you know, uh, top questions that customer, top five products that customers have um, have have bought and they love all the time, and you know, feature customer reviews. And then another email could be uh, frequently asked questions or top customer objections that they have around using your product. So all of this is kind of like a customer journey. You're turning a stranger into a first-time buyer. What do they need to know about your product before they buy? And so having that welcome flow, that automated welcome sequence is already enough for you to welcome a new subscriber and turn them into a first-time buyer. I would say start there. (laughs) Um, And then once you have that... um, Automation or like welcome flow set up. You can think about now um, sending a weekly uh, email campaign to your list. So I suggest sending out one weekly email, like a minimum once a week. I would say because if you wait too long between your emails, people tend to forget about you and then they'll unsubscribe. So um, you don't want to lose out those those hard earned you know emails on your list. So um, at least send it at a consistent rate. Like if it's once every two weeks, that's fine. Just be consistent about it as much as you can. Um, you know, progress, not perfection is what I like to yeah. say. So that way it's not like over... If one week is... Once a week is really overwhelming for you, start once every two weeks. And that way you have like a regular cadence set up. You start to build a routine. You start to think about the content you want to share. And a lot of the times, a lot of the brands that I work with, they're already putting a lot of good content on their social media or their Instagram. You can totally re- repurpose some of that content into an email, you know. And so that way, you don't have to make multiple content pieces every week. Um, so think about that in your planning.
0: That's such a great point. Um, so many of us put so much effort into social media and really not that much effort at all into email. But when we look at like what actually drives sales, a lot of times it's the email. So. You talked a little bit about, you know, one of the first steps in, in getting set up with email marketing being, um, you know, creating that first welcome automation. And I love that you sort of prioritize that first. I think that's having automations is something that can be easy to just put off, but it's so important. So I was one of the first steps that Chris suggested, and I just want to draw everyone's attention to that, um, that it is really worth, putting some effort into your welcome sequence right off the bat. Um, Could you talk a little bit more about the two different types of emails? So scheduled emails and automations, and um, maybe talk a little bit about other automations that you would recommend for product-based businesses?
1: Yeah, definitely. So uh, scheduled versus automated automated sequences. So scheduled emails are email um, they they can be known as email campaigns. I know in Clavio, the platform that I use with my clients, they call it, you know, the campaigns. So those are sent, um, whenever you want to a list, right. Or a segment of your list. So those are manually scheduled. Um, so you could, um, you create a content plan and you send them according to your plan. Whereas with automated emails, they're based on, The actions that your subscribers have taken, whether they just joined your list, whether they visited your website and they saw a specific product, you can trigger an email to uh, tell that person, Hey, we saw where you were just looking at, you know, product A. Um, Maybe you'd like to add it to your cart. So that's called a browse abandonment email. Um, If they added that product to their cart, but they didn't check out, um, maybe the next day you can send a cart abandoned trigger email. So that's uh, an an automated email flow that would get people who added things to their cart but didn't complete their checkout. So um, having those types of um, triggered emails, uh, along the customer journey is quite important because you want to make sure that those triggered emails are present to, to really send the right message to the customer at the right time. So if they just place an order, um, you might want to send out a thank you email and then tell them uh, then following that you might send an email to ask them for a review, Following that, you might send out an email asking, you know, providing advice and tips on how to use the product that they just received. You know, um, that might be good for like a new first time buyer customer. But what I like to do with my clients is I like to segment it out. So for uh, if somebody just placed an order, we look at whether it's their first time purchase or if they're a repeat customer. And if they are a repeat customer, we treat them differently. We send out a separate set of email automations. So. So when I look at scheduled and automated, definitely you should have automated because automated first, because that way, whenever you invest in Facebook ads, you go on like media appearances or interviews or you promote your business on Instagram or, or whatever, you're driving people to your website. They sign up to your list and you have like a funnel to catch them and convert them into whatever the next step is. And you need to have consistent email campaigns weekly, I suggest, to, to keep up, to follow up with them and stay present with them on a consistent basis and to build that relationship. So that's having automated and scheduled, both integrated in your plan is really important.
0: Yeah. Love that great explanation. Um, In terms of automations, you talked a little bit about a welcome email, about a post-purchase series um, and you even said that that might be different for new customers and returning customers, um, a browse abandonment um, or cart abandon email. Are there any other automated sequences that you feel like every product-based business owner would benefit from?
1: Yeah, so those are, like I would say, the three, four email f- trigger flows that you should start off with. And if you want to go further... Um, another sequence you can set up is after, you know, after somebody places an order and if you understand the average number of days between, um, the first purchase. In the second purchase, um, you can send out an email, maybe 180 days, six months after the last purchase of a buyer, send out a win back email to try to re-engage with them and get them to come back to your store. You know, Hey, it's been a while since we saw you come back. Um, You know, you can offer a discount, you can offer uh, a a gift with purchase code or just even doesn't have to be an offer. Just remind them, Hey, like we saw that. You haven't been here in a while. Um, here are some new things that we have in our store, and it could be an automated triggered flow that's that targets you know lapsing customers. Um, so that's what I call a win back flow. And another important flow to main to have set up for for people, and a lot of not a lot of brands have this. It's called a sunset flow. Well, that's what they call it inside Clavio, a sunset flow, and it's basically a triggered uh, automation that that slowly breaks up with the people who stop opening your emails. (laughs) So it's uh, a, let's say you, you sent out an email to the customer and, but it's been like six months that they haven't opened or clicked or visited your website at all. Um, You need to have a sunset flow that tries to, you know, it's a series of emails that get sent out to try to get them to come back and open and click um, or come back to your website. And if, if after, you know, three emails they have not, you know, it's like they're, not dead, but there, there's no response at all. You, you can tag them as being an unengaged contact in your list and you would then segment them out of your weekly campaigns so that you, you maintain a good open rate and you would just, you can keep them subscribed to your list, but maybe just send, send out an email to them when you have a big product launch or a big sales event or something of that nature. And the reason why it's important to, continuously keep a list that's healthy and engaged is because when um, you send out an email to your list, the email platforms out there like Google, Yahoo, uh, Hotmail, they look at the open rate, they look at the engagement that their, their users are having with your brand. And if your brand is sending out emails that nobody opens, then they're going to start putting your emails in the spam box and not in the inbox. And so that Mm -hmm. type of deliverability is something that a lot of brands ignore. They tend to think about, I had a client who had 10,000 people on her list, but when we looked at it, there was only like 40 people, 40% of the list that was opening and clicking on her emails. So she was paying Klaviyo, like, you know, the, the cost to send to 10,000 people, but only 40% of the people were opening. So you have to, um, it's going to be cost of saving for you to maintain a healthy list. And it's going to be better for your deliverability, your open rate, you know. So that's why it's good to have that sunset flow. So the wind back flow and a sunset flow are an extra set of automations you can put in place in your store once you have like the basic automation set up for you. So good.
0: I'm so glad we talked a little bit about um, maintaining the health of your email list. So like Chris said, it's not just all about like having as many people on there as possible. What's way more important is having a good sense of who's actually engaged. (laughs) Like we want as many engaged subscribers as possible, like having a subscriber for the sake of it can, doesn't do us any good. And in fact, if they're not opening could actually kind of penalize you in some way. So I love that you made that point, Chris. Um, Let's talk about an email marketing plan. So um, we've sort of shared a little bit about how to get set up and what some of the most important components are in terms of like having a marketing, like having email as part of your marketing plan. Like how do you approach... I guess maybe with your clients or even your own business, how do you approach planning and having a, a plan over time with your email?
1: Yeah. So this is something that I, um, that I teach my clients and that I teach other, you know, students who sign up to my workshops is around how to plan for your email content because Um, the way I teach it is not just like what stories to put in your email or what to say in your email. It's more about the process around, um, around what type of email content strategy is going to help you achieve your goals. So when it comes to planning your email content, the framework I like to teach covers, um, a brand story their strategy and their systems. So when it comes to your story, you kind of want to, the way I look at it is you kind of want to start understanding what does your audience want to hear from you right now? So let's say you're trying to come up with a month of your email content for the month, right? And you want to take a, you want to look back at right now, what period of the year it is, it's maybe, you know, back, like right now we're recording this in the early end of summer. So it might be like back to school. And a lot of mamas they're, you know, like looking at preparing their kids for school. Maybe like I had a client who is a lunchbox brand and she had like, she sells lunchbox on her websites. And so now would be a good time for her to think about what are the things that mamas are looking for when, um, preparing their kids for school. So have that in mind. And then then when it comes to your strategy, you know, look at what's happening around your business. What are your goals? What are your sales goals for the month? And it, I teach my clients how to set those sales goals because when I, I was managing a brand, an e-commerce brand, it's not just enough to send out emails if you're not, if you're not looking at your numbers. When you're running a business, for me, it's important to understand your, your data, your numbers in that way, at least... Be comfortable with managing money basically. So um, I'd like to say, teach my clients how to set up a monthly sales goal and break down that sales goal per month and um, come up with a content strategy every week to, to hit those sales goals. And then, um, and when it comes to systems, how are your oper- how are your operations organized? How are you automating or setting up a process that is repeatable that will allow you to scale? Or how can you delegate this to a VA or a team member to kind of make this more easier for you? If you're a bigger brand with a team, that might be interesting to set up because it's not it's going to be complicated if you just keep on, you know figuring out last minute what type of content you want to send out to your list. It's not going to be, um, scalable and repeatable. It's just going to, you know, have a bottleneck in your, in your content process. So, so let's say for example, Because I see a a lot of brands, the the thing I see is that they make the mistake of only sending one email and for when they have a sale and they think that's enough. (laughs) So the way you can do this more strategically um, to plan a launch and uh, an email campaign for a launch, for example, is to say, look, okay, if this is the month where you want to make, we want to hit this number in sales, let's plan out our content. So we're launching our product. you know, on the, on the, at the end of the month, maybe one week before we'll send out a teaser email that announces something big is coming very soon. Stay tuned. You know, you have to warm up your list. You have to tell them what's coming up. You know, I like to tell my clients, not every brand can be Beyonce. You can't just drop an album out of nowhere and expect people to buy from you. So you have to, (laughs) you have to warm your list up, you know, maybe even a month in advance. So start sending out, Telling people behind the scenes, this is what our team is preparing for. And maybe one day or a couple of days before you launch your product or your new collection, allow your VIP customers to access uh, early access to that launch, and try to make these high-value customers feel like they're special. Just, or maybe 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 try sending them an extra gift when they make that purchase. You know, like a small gift with purchase, or maybe just even complimentary shipping with their order. So that way, giving them early access would you know get them to come, make them feel special, and they'll maybe come back and make a purchase before everyone else and then on the day of the launch that's when you send your offer to the majority of your database and um, you know present a few days later you can present um uh, you can present the product in more detail like targeting people who have opened the email but who haven't purchased yet you know tackle um customer objections and talk about um you know um like top questions that you got from social media when you announced the 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 launch of your product um so that's how you I like to look at the content plan is to understand what's happening in your business you know understand the segments of the audience that you wanna reach and then customize the messaging around what you want to say to your audience in that segment um and that way you can and by underst- doing that in parallel to managing your sales and your targets you'll you'll be more prepared and more set up for success for not just your content plan, but for making and achieving your sales targets.
0: Mm, so good. I love that three part strategy. <laughs> um, so on this topic of planning, this episode is going to come out in October where in the product-based business world, especially people are gearing up for the holidays, which um, for most of us is by far the biggest sales time of the year. Um, What, what advice do you have understanding that this episode will come out in October? um, I think probably a lot of listeners don't necessarily have their plan all, all ironed out. So what advice do you have for people to get ready for this holiday rush and kind of set themselves up to have the most successful holiday season possible?
1: Yeah. So if you're listening to this in October, I think one thing to keep in mind is that with Black Friday, it's it's been a trend over the past few years to, to start your sales earlier. Um, if you decide to have a Black Friday sale, don't wait until Black Friday to launch your sale. A lot of the brands that I work with and that who um, have seen a lot, a lot of success during Q4 is to start earlier. Maybe don't even call it a Black Friday sale. Maybe call it a lot of them, they call it like a VIP sale ahead of time um, because what happens is that um, when you're in the marketplace on Black Friday weekend, everyone has like aggressive discounts and offers and that are super competitive. It's hard to stand out, right? So one tip, if I can, if I can give you advice is to try, consider starting your sales a few weeks earlier than Black Friday, like, like maybe beginning of November, Um, and to get your audience, um, engage as much as possible before. Um, because you, like I said, you can't just, you know, drop an email out on black Friday or at the stop of drop at the start of your sale and expect people to buy. You kind of want to warm them up when it comes to Q4. Another thing you want to think about is, uh, revising the customer journey across your flows. So during Q4, you may have some a welcome flow in place. You might have a post-purchase flow in place, an abandoned cart flow. So you want to think, is there anything among these emails that would need to be updated for the Q4 season? Maybe there's some products that you put in there that are out of stock that you need to like, you know, refresh, replenish. Uh, Maybe you want to change the the offer in your welcome flow to reflect the discount that's shown on your website. Um, Think about updating those temporarily so that, you know, you don't launch a sale that offers 20, Five percent off on your website, but then when they sign up to your email list, they get a ten percent discount. You want to have that. Uh, you want everything to be consistent with each other, um, and so that also applies to your pop-up forms, your newsletter sign-up forms. Make sure they're reflecting the same offer that you have ongoingly for your holiday campaigns. Um, you might even want to update the look and feel for your flows to make them more festive for the holidays. If that's your, if that's something you really want to do. Um, you just keep, keep that in mind because a lot of brands, they forget. And then it, it gets all like distorted when people start getting random emails with different offers. So you want to keep that in mind. Um, and think about um, segmenting. So uh, like I said before, you're going to have your VIP clients. You're going to have people on your list who've never bought before from you. So now, as, as much as possible, you want to grow your list. But then you want to look at who are the people on your list at this time and what type of messaging you want to send. So let's say, for example, if you're speaking to a segment of your list who are non-buyers, they haven't made their purchase yet on your brand, think about answering their top questions um, FAQ style or send them user-generated content images so that they can see how other people interact with your products and how they like it, or send out more social proof, more customer testimonials You know, to try to get them more engaged to so that they can make their first purchase during this period because now is the time, right? And then you want to also think about obviously re-engaging past customers. Look at what's one thing I can offer. One Another tip I can offer for you is for, for your listeners is look at if, you, if you've been doing Black Friday and holiday for a few years now, look back at last year and see who are the people that bought last year and how can I get them to come back again this year during this period, right? So. Be mindful of understanding also your data. Look at past historical years, what happened, what were the peak traffic periods so that you and your team can prepare for that. Um, so I know it covers more than just email, but it's important because it's, uh, as someone who used to really like be in this, Q4 was our biggest spike of the year. It was super, um, a lot of things were flying around and all that. So it's very important to have your team ready, you know, come up with a plan in advance a plan as early as you can, um, so that your team is ready to, to, to handle anything that happens. So. I know with uncertain times it's hard to plan, um, in advance, but, um, having that as a first step, I think would keeping all of this in mind would, I think put them in a better, um, path to success during Q4. Yeah.
0: So good. So many great things there. I'm, I hadn't really thought about updating your welcome sequence, for example, during the holiday season. Um, but that's such a great point that maybe something you're talking about won't be relevant or, um you know when things go out of stock you don't want to also be promoting them at the same time like in an automated flow so great suggestions i'm totally taking notes we've talked a lot about you know what to do with your email list and we've talked about how to maintain a healthy list in terms of um kind of making sure that we're mostly emailing to people who are pretty engaged one thing that we haven't talked too much about yet is how to build this email list so Obviously, the more engaged people on the list, the better, the more um, sales we're likely to make. So how would you advise people to start thinking about, um, I guess, incentivizing people to sign up for their list to begin with?
1: Yeah. So in terms of crafting a more like strategic opt in strategy or email capture strategy, there's different ways you can go about it like obviously earlier I mentioned having forms and pop-ups to at least be able to catch, you know, the, the people's emails when they're coming on your website. But if you want to go up, if you want to drive more people to your website, to capture their emails, to have like an email acquisition campaign, you can definitely, you know, run one of the, there's a few ways. So one of the things I, I like to do is to have a giveaway, um so when you run giveaways you can be you know um a $100 gift certificate or like free products you know 10 winners are going to win this product and then highlight the product and then have an automated flow obviously for people who sign up to that specific giveaway <laughs> but um that's going to be something that's going to be good because giveaways will attract maybe new people and also reengage Ask customers. So when it comes to giveaways, one thing that I suggest you do though, is it's really, it's a really popular method at capturing new emails. Um, and like I said, set up a flow to send people to welcome people when they sign up to your list. And if you see that there's people who haven't opened any of those emails, a lot of brands, they don't think of cleaning them out after. So removing those who haven't opened your emails. So that's one caveat I would say about the giveaways. It, it, it captures a lot of emails, but also it, it tends to capture a lot of freebie hunt uh, like contest hunters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so just, that's just like, you know, the disclaimer on that. Great tip. Yeah. And then one thing I want to also, um, mention is Clavio. Um, which is the email platform that I use with my clients who are on Shopify. Um, Klaviyo, they just announced um optimized multi-step forms for you to make it easier to capture SMS. Um, and so I don't dive a lot into SMS, but you could totally have a form that captures person's email and then ask them, like, it's an easy way for you to ask them to opt into your SMS and then build out flows with SMS and email. That's a whole nother topic. I know we might not have time to, to do that, but I think it's important to start also collecting SMS in your, in your marketing strategy, because, uh, right now SMS has like a ton of, Like it's, it's, it's a highly open channel. It's a highly engaging channel. Don't go crazy about it, but it's good to at least start gathering your people's um, mobile opt-ins like SMS Mm opt-ins. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've seen, um, so I also use Clavio for station seven, the retail store, and I have seen them kind of pushing SMS as a functionality. I have not even dipped my toe in yet. So um, I'm glad you brought that up. That's definitely something that I want to explore um, because if you think about it, like think about your text messages and think of your email inbox. Like, where is something more likely to get opened For me, sure. It's definitely my text messages. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so not to say, I mean, email is still a huge obviously, this episode is about email. That's how powerful it is. but I think text, there is something there and you have to find a way to do it. That's not like spammy. And why is, why am I getting texts from this company? But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up as a, as an opportunity.
1: Yeah. Start covering your email base first. Like I think if you want to, you need to, before you dive into SMS, like I suggest really just like nailing the basics of what I mentioned, we explained here in our conversation around email marketing and then dive into SMS, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Um. OK, so
0: those who kind of follow the marketing and marketing technology knows may know that Apple's new operating system has changed the kinds of analytics that are available to us um, for anyone who well, actually for everyone. Could you explain a little bit about what Apple has done and how that um, might influence the way that we think about the open rates that we get?
1: Yeah. So what's happening um, with Apple iOS, which is supposed to roll out in September, um, they're giving uh, the ability to users who use iPhones to who use Apple Mail to hide their mail activity. So that means that brands will no longer see whether or not their customers opened an email if they're using um, Apple Mail on their iPhone. So if you're using Gmail on your iPhone, you're not affected but because Apple is very you know used by like 80 percent of the population or something high like that it's most likely that um, a lot of uh, brands are gonna be affected by this open rate not being reliable so what will happen is Apple will maybe uh, preemptively open the email it like Clavio would record the email as being opened even if the customer didn't really open the email so that's one thing um, meaning that your open rate it may not be on no longer be a reliable um measure. And so this is why um, it's important to also look at other metrics, like clicks and conversions, because in reality, your open rate is just a vanity metric; it doesn't indicate whether or not people are going to buy from you. So you want to optimize more for the click and the conversion rate than the open rate at this point. Um, now with Apple coming up with stuff like this, I'm not. Sur- I wouldn't be surprised if down the line Google Gmail come up with something like this because privacy has been super on the minds of these big tech companies now. So um, it's good to have the practice of op- understanding. Okay, outside of open rate, how can I measure my emails' effectiveness? Look at your Google Analytics. See how much traffic is coming from your emails. You can see. The conversion rate in your Google Analytics from your email campaigns. Um, look at the con- like I said, look at the click rate, look at the conversion rate, and uh, try to um, during this um, during during this period. It's good to kind of also look at um, the the percentage of people in your list that use Apple Mail that open your emails using Apple Mail, and that would be a good way for you to gauge how impacted your open rate might be because. If you see there's only you know, 5% of your list using Apple Mail, then maybe this might not affect you, but I think it would. The other thing that would happen now with the new iOS updates, though, is um, the fact that if somebody comes to your website on their mobile phone, um, and you know when you come to your website, you have a pop-up asking people if they want to leave their email address to sign up to the newsletter. When you know when you put your when you enter your email, sometimes it will auto-populate your email address automatically. But right now, Apple is going to have the ability for paid iCloud users to use a proxy email address. So for example, if I come to your website, Lauren, instead of putting my personal email address like chris at gmail.com, Apple might say, hey, do you want to use chris at iCloud123.com or some other email address? So that way, I the email, I would still be receiving your emails, but through that proxy, But then when I come back to your website, you know, later on, and I want to make a purchase, most likely I will use my personal email address to make that order. Right. So what's going to happen is that a lot of, I don't know to what extent this will be happening, but it's possible that there will be duplicate profiles of the same person in your email list. And right now there's no way to kind of reconcile who signed up with the proxy email and who made an order with your, um, with your personal email. There's no way right now at this point in time to reconcile, but I'm sure, uh, the, all the email platforms are aware of this, it's a big ch- game changer in the email industry. There's going to be something that's going to, I'm sure there's going to be a way to work around it. Um, but nevertheless, it's still good practice to optimize for click, look at your conversion rate. And that's the way I think, um, like not having access to reliable open rate data shouldn't stop you from sending emails. It's like back in the day when Instagram stopped showing the number of likes on their posts that, that like, that didn't stop people from posting on Instagram. Right. So it's the same thing. Right. <laughs> so right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had, a, I have a training, I did a full training on what to do exactly with like your segments and that on my website. If people want to watch the replay on that, they can catch that training, um, on my website.
0: Yeah. Will you share that link with them?
1: Yeah, everything will be, I have a free resource page for all the freebies that I mentioned here. So it'll be on making Daria.com slash making good. Everything that I mentioned on this um, show will be on that page. (laughs) All the resources there, a bunch of helpful email resources there for you guys. (laughs) Awesome. I am going to be headed there
0: myself. So recommend that everyone else does as well. Um, Okay. So I just have, I I just want to pick your brain about email forever. I will have to have you back on the show to talk about things like segmentation, for example, and, um, reading our, our email analytics. Those are both two topics that we just don't have enough time to dig into more, but, um, that would be a super fun follow-up episode.
1: I would love to geek um, out on more email marketing with you, Lauren. <laughs> yay. yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's set a date. Um, before we sort of wrap up our chat about email, I have a few kind of last minute rapid fire email questions that I feel like come up a lot. Um, so the first one you have touched on a bit is how often to email your list. I would recommend at least once a week.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: text versus photos in your email content.
1: So I'm not a fan of sending emails that look like glossy magazine ads. Um, I like to say to my clients, pretty emails don't pay the bills, you know, cause image heavy emails bore people after a while. And it's like, as if, you know, I don't know how about you, but I kept keep on getting marketing promo files in my flyers in my mailbox and I never opened them. So mm-hmm. I like to have a nice eye-catching photo or an animated GIF at the top headline of my email. Um, and then just to, just to grab their attention and make it more text-based. And the way I see it is your images, your photos should support your copy and your text not the other way around so if you have like a promo code or the description of your sale offer try not to put that in the image because what happens is some email inboxes don't render the image so they won't see your promo code Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's one mistake that I see some brands do so I would uh, I'm more of a fan of a mix I would say like more text than photos but have a photo there (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's such a great point because a lot of email inboxes, like if you don't choose to display the images, you're not seeing anything that's only in the images. So make sure the text stands alone. Exactly. Um, Any tips on good subject lines?
1: So I recommend to have your subject lines look like they're coming from a friend. So some subject Mm -hmm. lines that have worked really well with my clients and you may have seen them around, um, are like, I never thought this would happen dot, 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 you know, when they kind of explain the, what inspired their business, you know, and when they put an email in their welcome flow, that's a good subject line to put in. Um, or I have a confession dot, 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 you know, having like, (laughs) you know, things like that or like, um, first name, what would code add to cart give you, for example, that's one that really works really well. Um, so yeah, make them look like they're coming from a friend. Like there's some, from some, from time to time, you know, you can put your sale offer there, but if you just keep on putting sales percentages and discounts in your subject lines, people will stop opening them. So Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. More personal. Love, love that. Um, finally, any specific tips you have for increasing conversion rates for your emails?
1: Okay, so I suggest... And maybe one... define
0: what a conversion rate is, just in case that's helpful.
1: Sure. So the conversion rate is looking at how many people um, uh, made a purchase over the amount of people who came to visit your website. So that would give calculate your conversion rate. So. What you look when when you want to maximize the type of the number of people who come to your website to make a purchase, some of the tips I offer is if you're on Shopify, you could use um, uh, you can in, you can insert in your email a specific link that contains your coupon code, and when the person clicks on that link, that coupon code will be automatically added to their checkout. So it's easier for them to, if they forget the code, it's automatically there. They don't have to go and find that code after. So you can use like yourbrand.com slash discount slash coupon code, like coup- replace coupon code with the, with your coupon code <laughs> in your link. And that mm-hmm. would be, uh, that could be your text, uh, your, sorry, your link that you would put in your email. Another tip that I suggest having is adding a product block Um, in Clavio they're called product blocks, but they're essentially like three to six, you know, uh, images that direct people to the specific product page. Um, put that at the bottom, put a product block at the bottom of your emails when you feel it's appropriate. Um, so that way it's easy for you to kind of get them to come to your website, um, to shop related products to your email. So like, if I, like I said, in the beginning of our conversation, if you're writing an email about five tips to care for your skin this winter, list the three products that they can. Um, check out at the bottom of that email with uh, add that product block there. And an easy thing that you could do is just when you have a sale, send out an email, maybe like six to 12 hours before the deadline is over. And that really boosts conversions. Um, Mm. You know, not to put so much pressure on it, but you can instantly see the boost in sales. Um, and I know they're like the most boring emails you'll read because it's basically just saying, hey, like we have a, our sale is ending, just a reminder. But you have to remember that a lot of people, they they get a lot of emails in their inbox and they're busy. They don't have time to remember if your sale is when your sale is ending, when they're not. So just um, just having that last minute email reminder, like a couple of hours before it can help easily boost conversions. So um, those are my tips. <laughs> So good. So good. Wow. I just,
0: I was taking notes as, as we've been recording, I feel like listening back to edit is just going to be such a goldmine. So I'm really excited to share this episode with everyone. Um, before we start to wrap up, I do want to talk about doing good through small business. Um, and this is something that I know, is deeply personal to you. We talked a little bit about your son. So I would love for you to share um, just where you stand on this topic of using business for good.
1: Yeah. So um, what happened with my son? So my son currently, he, he just had a cochlear implant operation. He's deaf. We found out when he was 18 months old. And so we've been going through this process. And as I've been going through it and learning more about deaf culture and the deaf community, it became more important for me to make my content accessible in terms of being able to add live Captions um, or providing transcriptions to my content, um, like my trainings, my workshops, and stuff like that. So for me, um, one way that I, uh, one that's what I do, kind of to make my content and the 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 knowledge and the 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 expertise that I have more accessible to everyone in the community. So that um, if ever you you can't hear me properly because I have like faulty AirPods or whatever, at least you have the transcription and you can read um the captions while i'm delivering a training um, and so uh, so i've been more mindful of that um, as i've been uh, navigating through this journey because i'm learning american sign language we're learning sign language with my son so we're giving mm-hmm. i'm just it's important for me to just give as much you know communication tools for him to thrive as much as possible but that also made me more mindful about providing um like captions and and, and transcriptions through my content so
0: so yeah, yeah, that's one thing I, I keep uh, I keep in mind. Yes. And I would love to just dig in here a little bit in terms of accessibility. This is a topic that I definitely want to talk about more on this podcast. Um, what kinds of things when it comes to accessibility, particularly for the deaf community, what are the kinds of things that any business owner could be doing to kind of facilitate um, making their content more accessible?
1: Yeah, so I'm still in the beginning of this journey. I'm still learning. But one of the things that I've... Um, one helpful tool that I've been using is an, an app called uh, otter.ai, O-T-T-E-R.ai. And it's been super helpful to have an app on my phone to dictate my stuff, but also to... When I host uh, Zoom rooms... There, it can join my Zoom room and automatically transcribe my meetings. And if I forget, I can even take the Zoom recording, upload it to otter.ai, and it has really accurate transcription um, on, the, on, on their app to give me the... to be able to upload that on my you know, learning platform. So otter.ai is a... There's a free version and there's a business version. So you can definitely start using that. I'm sure there's other tools out there, but that's the one that I use right now
0: such a great recommendation. Um, and I just also want to say even something as simple as like your videos on social media, like caption them. There's it, there are really easy tools to do that now. Um, some of them even built into Instagram and if you can, so I'm so glad you mentioned that Chris. Um, and I know that you've also been doing some like monetary donations to this cause as well. Do you want to share anything about that?
1: Yeah. So there's a, a local rehabilitation center that my son, um, attends to do his therapies. Uh, so there, they have a foundation, it's called the Mav Makai foundation. And so that's the Mav Makai foundation is like the name of the center. So I applied profit first, to my business. So I don't, I know you've Yay. done a podcast around that. So I, I uh, because I've been doing that this year, I'm, a, I'm able to donate, um, like 5% of my profits to this, um, cause that I, that really, that I really care about. And I, I encourage a lot of other businesses to, to, to see if they can do something like that. And profit first, there's a book actually called profit first for Ecom sellers by Cindy Thomason. It's a book that I give to all my all my VIP clients, because, um, I feel like after they work with me for automations, it's good to kind of look at the finances of their business. And it's a really great book. I recommend it to every e-com, every ecom com owner, um, out there. amazing. Yeah.
0: I don't know about that book. So that is a great recommendation. It's a quick read. It's a quick read. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Music to my ears. Um, Let's go into our wrap-up questions. This has been uh, probably a longer episode than usual, but so good. So <laughs> I'm so glad we got to everything.
1: I know I talk um, a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no.
0: It's like I just kept asking you questions <laughs> because you know everything about email. Um, one question I want to ask for you is one of my favorite questions to ask all of our guests, and that is, what is one small business that you admire?
1: Um, so one business that I admire in terms of um, great emails um, I love the way Truvani um, you how they use text and copy in their emails to sell their their health products Um, they don't shove promos or discounts all the time in my inbox it has a very conversational personal tone Um, they talk a lot about company updates behind the scenes of the making of their, their product, but they also take the time to educate their customers on how to read labels for health products. Um, and how they, and, and I feel like doing it in that way, it makes like sending emails like that, email messages like that makes people feel more empowered when it comes to choosing their stuff on their website. So I've tried like their, their turmeric powders and vitamins and stuff. So I'm into that type of thing. So I'm very into Ayurveda and all that thing. So, so, so. What is what's called? Truvani, T-R-U-V-A-N-I. And they don't use, if you sign up to their list, they don't use any fancy graphics or design or coding. It's just some plain text emails. Sometimes there's an animated GIFs with some photos and it's very simple. Uh, You don't need to hire an expensive graphic designer to do your emails. So in terms of email marketing, um, for this conversation, I'd like to just highlight Truvani there. Whoever writes their copy is amazing. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go subscribe. Um, what is a book recommendation? I know you just mentioned the profit first for e-commerce sellers. Is that the one you want to feature or do you have any other book recommendations?
1: Um, so I, that's a great book, but one thing that uh, a book that recently changed the way I've that deeply affected me, I would say transformed my life. It's a book called do less by Kate Northrup. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, Mm -hmm. so Kate, Kate's book came into my life, the, the book do less on the cover. It says a revolutionary approach to time and energy management for ambitious women. So, her, her teachings came into my life at a time where I was breaking up with my corporate hustle mode, working habits. (laughs) So I would like, I was working in the corporate office, um, environment for the longest time. And, you know, they, that tends to be very high pressure. And when I started my business as a solo consultant last year, After having a baby, leaving my job during the pandemic, it, I had to really heal my relationship with my work and my productivity. And as Mm -hmm. women business owners who are running their business and balancing all the things, I think it's a great book to read because it makes you realize like reading this book and being her in her origin online membership. Like I've, I've really learned how to invest my energy and operate my business in a way that feels more aligned and in a way that makes me feel good and happy. Like, for example, one of the things that she teaches is how to try to manage your, your time and your projects around your cycle and the moon calendar. I'm really into that stuff. <laughs> so, um, being yeah. aware of that for cyclical people, like we don't operate in a linear way. And that's all, all of her teachings are about that, about how you can achieve more by doing less. And that's why email automations for me is like one of my, my key, my core offerings is because it's a way for, to help women business owners to grow their business without lifting and make sales without lifting a finger. So it's Mm. really this book, um, it has so many, it's, it's been life-changing this book for me. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, so Amazing. definitely read Do Less. Yeah.
0: Awesome. That has not been recommended before on the podcast. I am excited to check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Chris, let everyone know again that the website that they can gather all of your free resources, um, and just where else online they can connect with you and learn more from you.
1: Sure. So um, on my website, if you go to chrisdaria.com slash making good, you can download a bunch of free resources there. I have a guide that talks about nine email mistakes you can avoid to, you can avoid to lose sales on your website. Um, I have, like I said earlier, a a replay of that iOS 15 training and it's a page that I'm just going to fill with a bunch of helpful resources over time because I just launched my website recently. Um, But if you go to chrisdaria.com slash making good, You'll find a lot of good stuff there for you guys. And I'm sure that will be helpful for you. Um, And otherwise, if you listen to this podcast, DM me on Instagram at Chris Daria. I'm always happy to chat in the DMs over there. So, so yeah. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. If you listened to this episode and loved it as much as I loved everything Chris shared, um, tag, take a screenshot while you're listening and tag both of us on Instagram. And we would love to hear what you thought. Um, so yes, Chris is Chris Daria Daria. I'm sorry. Chris is Chris Daria and I am Lauren Tilden and that will be linked in the show notes too. Um, Chris, oh my gosh, what a gold mine this whole episode is. I cannot wait to share it. I don't know how I'm going to wait another month and a half before I release it. <laughs> so thank you so, so, so much for just, I mean, just being so generous with pulling back the curtains and sharing so many just awesome strategies and 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 tips when it comes to email. I think this has been such a fantastic episode. So, thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me, Lauren. I'm so excited. Um, thank you. I feel so honored for you to have me on my on, on your podcast. I was so I was so when I first met you on Clubhouse, I was like it would be so awesome if her and I can just chat and geek out on email marketing on her podcast and now it's happening and I'm so grateful Yay! for for today and for you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Chris, you're the best. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I know Chris and I would both love to connect with you on Instagram. Take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and tag us both. Chris is at Chris Daria. That's K-R-I-S-D-A-R-I-A. And I'm at Lauren Tilden. L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-L-D-E-N. Everything mentioned in this podcast episode can be found at the show notes page at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 82. You can find Chris's resource page at chrisdaria.com slash making good. If you're interested in learning more about my small businesses, Good Sheila and Station Seven, the links are in the show notes. And again, I would so love to have you in the Facebook community for this podcast. Head to makinggoodpodcast.com slash community to join. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.